You're listening to the Watling and Owen Show. Hello and welcome to the Watling and Owen Show here on a Wednesday, February 28th. We've got the extra day of February tomorrow, so enjoy that. But just a couple days away from March. March Madness, great time. I'm excited. Uh, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Luke just came back or coming in from work. Uh, you know what's the beauty of the, the leap year? I was just thinking about this uh, earlier yesterday. What's that? The extra day, kind of like a, like you, it's a free day. Like you don't have to pay rent for a full day. It's kind of nice. I'm living it up yeah, in, but, in the city for free today. It's nice. But on the flip side, you know, a month is usually thirty to thirty-one days, so you're really paying rent sooner than you usually do, no matter what. No, because you get the extra day to hold off. I mean, it is nice because you know, for me, I get paid Friday, and that's when the month uh, resets. So it's a perfect timing. I mean, I like it, but I mean. We're talking about 28th and 29th here. We're not talking about, you know, the 31st going to the 32nd. Well, look, man, I like to look at things from a glass has full perspective, and you're clearly in a way. So, uh, We've got a lot to talk about today, though, with the the Jets. Just th- A lot of things are happening with the Jets right now. We'll talk about them. Uh, the Knicks are super injured. They lost last night. Probably should have lost two in a row. We'll talk about that Pistons ending. Saquon Barkley looks like he's probably heading towards free agency. We'll see if the Giants are interested or not. Matt will try to move my needle, but I want to start here, Matt. I want to talk about something that I talk, we talked about last week, the Nets. No one cares about the Nets, um, but I, I want to take back something that I said last week. And we were talking about Jacques Vaughn being fired and Kevin Ollie coming in. And I said, you know, I think the Nets are going to come out and play some inspired basketball under the new coach. I, I was dead wrong. I was dead wrong. Uh, they got blown up by the Raptors coming out of the break. Uh, they got blown up by the Magic last night. This team is horrible. And the fact that they turned down four first-round picks for Michael Bridges is insane. I mean, I know it's one game, but watching him last night, he was horrible. You look at his game log, he hasn't been good for a while now. Like, it is insane that they turned down for four first-round picks. They still don't know what to do. But good news, Ben Simmons says he's fully committed to this team no matter what for this season. Like, th- this is such a, a bigger mess than I than I anticipated. It is bad. And, and how is Ben Simmons fully committed when he was out? What is he? Was he out last night for rest? Is that what yeah. I saw? But he's fully committed. But but he's out. W- what rest do you need? You haven't played all season. Like, if you're well, Jalen Brunson and you play 60 out of 63, 60 out of 65, then yeah, take the day off. I don't care. But I just... It's bad, man. Like, this is a really poor cultured team, and I think you need to get rid of a lot of the pieces that were here, if you haven't already, that were in the KD Kyrie era. Like, you need to get rid of a lot of these pieces and and bring in some hard workers and some guys that are actually dedicated to playing, you know, the the right way. And and it's not to say that Bridges isn't part of that. Ben Simmons clearly isn't. He's clearly been, you know, in a way the last several years. You know, I look at some other pieces on the team, like, it's bad, man. Like, it's really, really dark for this team. Yeah, I mean, last night, Michael Bridges, uh, 2 of 13 from the floor, 0 of 7 from 3, uh, 4 points, and he was a minus 28. And again, it's not fair to criticize a guy for one game, but you look at his recent games, I mean, against Memphis, 11 points. Minnesota, 15 points. Toronto, 21. Boston, 10. And they're saying, oh, yeah, we need to bring someone in to pair with him. No, no, no. You need to ship him out of town yesterday. But I think at this point, you're not getting four first. And I'm not trying to take shots at Bridges. I, I do think he's a nice player. I think he's, you know, uh, probably a, f- a fourth option. Like, he would have been nice on the Suns this year just to have, like, that piece uh, coming off the bench or to help with the second unit. But, like, on this Nets team, as a number one option. It's it's not working. And I'm surprised that Sean Marks didn't realize that it's not working. It's 
maybe you just wait until the offseason to re- reconnect and reconvene. I don't know how you don't take four first-round picks for this guy. If that's what you were getting offered and that's what the, the number was. I don't think his trade value can tank, right? Like, if he has a bad couple of games, so what? His team stinks and his coach just got fired. Like, there's not much to play for. But I don't know how you don't make that move and just go through a full rebuild and, and trust yourself as a talent evaluator and a guy that's found some nice pieces, you know, when they traded all their picks away to get Garnett and all those guys, those years they drafted some nice pieces. He can do it again, but it's just a matter of getting him the assets that he needs. And I don't know, man. It's it's hard to really care about it when they're bad. Their coach isn't really an NBA coach, and the players don't seem to care. Yeah, so I just wanted – you know, we're not going to obviously spend the whole show on the Nets, but I wanted to open and say I was very – very incorrect about them. And I apologize for thinking that they were going to try harder under Kevin Ollie. Like there's in today's NBA, they're scoring like 80 points per game. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but let's move on. Let's talk about the jets, a much more uplifting subject. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to unpack. Um, Deion Dawkins. I, I don't really know. This isn't really a big story to me. It just kind of feels like one of those things where there's a beef on the field between the bills and the jets last year. And it's carried over. Uh, there's a lot of chippiness following the Bills Jets game uh, this se- earlier this season, and Deion Dawkins said, "Matt, uh, why did you have to emphasize that he said it shirtless?" Because he was talking about being a guy that is about the the love of the game and doesn't care about the the money and the fame and the Instagram and there he is, you know, with his exactly. Out. He doesn't need clothes. He's not there for the material object. I don't know, man. Like you're gonna you're gonna talk trash. Put a shirt on. And I like Deion Dawkins. Like, he's a Temple guy. I'm tangentially a Temple guy. Oh, tangentially? Yeah, my brother went there. I know. I just I didn't know you had that in the toolbox. I, I have a lot in my toolbox. That's right. But I really like Especially Deion when you wear Dawkins. those women's pants. Sorry? Especially when you wear those women's oh, yeah. pants. The, the, the toolbox is out in all, in all forces in the women's pants. Well, before you go, go on, Matt, let me just say this is what Deion Dawkins said about the Jets. Yeah. And specifically, it was Michael Clemens, who was one of their D-linemen. It seems to be more of a one-on-one beef, but Deion Dawkins said there's people that play the sport just to try to be cool. I feel like they, meaning the, the Jets and specifically their defense, play the sport to be cool. Those are a bunch of dudes that just want to take their picture, that just want to get their pictures taken on Instagram. Is there a big difference between trying to be cool and having swagger on the field? No, I don't like, think so. Like Sauce Gardner has swagger, and he's good, and he cares about the game clearly, right? He went to Cincinnati. He wasn't a high recruit that was guaranteed to make the NFL. And, you know, you know, he was very good, but like, you know, he's not a guy from Bama that's gonna, you know, cakewalk into a first round pick when he walks into into college, like. How much of it is a swagger and, and a feeling of this this pride and power versus being cool? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was a weird quote. Obviously, you know, Deion Dawkins is my guy. He's my left tackle. Are you going to disavow? He defends, my, he defends my quarterback. I'm not going to disavow, disavow, but I I think this is clearly something that's more of a beef between the two teams. And this this quote is kind of doing too much. It's like, let's be honest, like every NFL player is posting pictures and, and looking cool. But like He's the Jets defense pictures. was great. Look at his Instagram. Right. Right, and the, the Jets' defense was great, so it's not like they were, like, this overhyped group, you know? Like, they they were really good last year. Obviously, you know, were they the 85 Bears? No, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if they were bad, you could say this and be like, oh, all they care about is swag, looking cool, they don't want to hit you, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is a good defense. Yeah, thank you for defending the, the Jets, Luke. Th- this other story, I, I've done a full 180 on 
from like oh i i'm defending the jets this whole show wow look at that well not the whole show but for this next story i yes. will and then maybe not after uh, so the, the whole story of Cole harbin he said a bunch of garbage about the jets whatever the more i so like when it first happened i didn't really follow along what he said and then i read what he said i'm like wait you're a moron like he's actually an idiot one of the lines luke he he said he during training camp he was asked to return punts his answer was Oh no, that's something rookies usually do. So they turned to their undrafted free agent rookie, Xavier Gibson, who then took his job. So you're a moron. You just you just handed your job to an undrafted rookie. That, like that's crazy to me. Who, by the way, you know, was the hero on Monday Night yeah. Football in week one. <laughs> also, you know, in week four, he said um, the special teams coach Brent Boyer asked me to return kicks, uh, punts the day of the game, and he was like, "I'm not going to do that. Why would I do that for you?" Basically saying, you know, the idea was you should tell me earlier in the week. Xavier Gibson wasn't on that injury report, Luke. I, I, I looked it up. He wasn't there. And he played that game. So maybe he didn't know if Gibson was going to be good to go week four. So why are you so mad about this? Like, how is yeah. this your – what kind of teammate are you that you're not willing to return punts in two separate stages? And then you wonder, oh, yeah, why am I not getting the ball? Like, this is – like, at first, I thought this was a Jets problem, right? I thought, oh, the Jets didn't handle him well. They didn't give him the ball like they should have. You know, Zach Wilson's not a great quarterback. I don't expect him to get a lot of snaps, but you could have done more of them. No, this guy's just nasty. This guy just stinks. This – McCole Hardman catching the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl is one of the five worst things to happen to America. And there's a lot of bad things that have happened to America. And I might even say it might be in the top 10 of atrocities that America has committed towards other countries. I mean, <laughs> it's it's really insane how this man has turned this into thinking like, oh, he's some like star player that people want to hear from. No, dude, like you're fast. You're not a great receiver. You should return punts. You're not on like a $15 million a year contract. You're there to be like a, a deep ball guy to return punts, to be special teams. Like, it's crazy that he's coming out and talking like this. Like, the two points that were like, oh, scathing. Number one, the offense didn't adjust after Rodgers got hurt. We already knew that. We already know Nathaniel Hackett is kind of bad at his job. We've established that. They they were like having Zach Wilson run the Rodgers thing. Um, and then the other thing was, uh, what, was what was the other? Th- Maybe that was it. That might have been the only good thing he said. That was the big one. Oh, oh. Well, I guess what, what he had said was we don't got no discipline. It's too many individual egos in the locker room. That's not going to get y'all to win. You know who's a big ego in that locker room? McCall Hardman. McCall Hardman. He might have been the biggest one. You think Garrett Wilson's a big ego? No, he works his ass off. Like, let's talk about the, the team itself. Like, is Brees Hall a big ego when he's running up and down the field? Like, who's the big ego on this offense other than Aaron Rodgers? Who? Is it Lazard? Like, you could sell me on it being Lazard and the guy stunk, but when he came in and, and he said all the right things during training camp, like, he didn't come off as an ego guy. The only guy that got cut from this team was McCall Hardman and then uh, Cook. And they only cut Dalvin Cook because he asked to go sign to a contender. So, like, who was the ego on this team? Who? Now, the defense has got a lot of egos, but you know what? They backed, their, they backed it up. Now, it's very interesting to me is looking at some of the fallout from this. So uh, Thomas Morris said, said um, what did he say? Uh, be careful getting information from disgruntled former employees getting beat out by a rookie free agent after being guaranteed millions of dollars is tough to deal with. So, okay, I like that. A little clap back. You know, Morris that's in the special teams meetings. He probably knows what's going on. Uh, he seems like a respected guy. 
Then you have Ke- uh, Kenny Yaboa in guy. a since deleted tweet saying Hardman's tripping out. He want to talk about his own work ethic and how the, the Georgia Eagles got our game plan. And then uh, Sauce Gardner and also deleted tweet said the Eagles had their offensive game plan. This is where it gets really interesting because obviously McCole Hardman went to Georgia. There's a lot of Georgia guys in the Eagles defense. And this, this is quite the the accusation. I think that's probably why the two two deleted. I'm sure someone within the Jets was like, "Hey guys, maybe don't throw this out there because this could be an issue." But you know, once you tweet it, it's out there. People screenshot it. So if this is true, I mean, this is one of the bigger you know scandals that could be in NFL history. And I don't know if it's true, but the fact that they tweeted that at first, when I saw Sauce tweet, I was like, "Why is he bringing this up?" And then I, you know, you see the Yaboa tweet, and it's like, "Oh man, like this is if this is something, this is crazy." Yeah, it is, and like. One, Jets still won that game. I just want to put that out there. Just, just thought I'd throw it out there. Just, just oh, yeah. Uh, two, is, is this even something like that could actually happen? Like, I don't know how that happens. How does this guy just, like, how is he just a snake like that? Because you could, like, if this is proven somehow, he should never get a job in the NFL again. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I don't think I'm being old man in the room no. here saying he should never play in football again. Because this might be worse than like, is it crazy that this might be worse than Pete Rose betting on his team? Like this no, is bad. I think it would this be is tanking worse. your team. You lose the trust of your teammates. Like they're putting their their bodies on the line week in week out, and you don't even have the 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 care for those guys. You want to talk about egos, Luke? If this is true, that he's got the biggest ego of them all, because at least the guys that he played with are trying to win, and they're and they're putting their best foot forward. What I don't understand is McCall Hardman was at Georgia from 2016 to 2018. Right. Is he most of the guys on the Georgia Bulldogs are, yeah, drafted within the last two, three years. So does he really care that much about his alma mater to give away a game plan against the Eagles? Like if it was the Chiefs, okay, maybe. But like, does he feel that kind of loyalty? That makes no sense to me. See, now I need to figure out when was he traded. Because maybe there was something there that that was like the last week that he was there, basically. And he knew he was going away. All right, he was traded October 18th. Let me go to the Jets' schedule here. October 18th. Because if this was the last game he was there, maybe it makes sense here. But would the Jets really cover it up? I guess they would have to, to be like, we're not this incompetent. But like, what would you you say about that, right? I would tell the league. Did I say it was the 18th? Yeah, so that was the last game he was on the team, was the 15th, and he got traded three days later. So I don't think he was traded because of this, but I think he knew he was on his way out, because another thing he said in the podcast was that he basically told Patrick Mahomes and Brett Veach, hey, come get me. Which, A, is... It's crazy in its own right because, you know, it's it's tampering, obviously, and that's something that has to be looked into. If he's supposed to like, Beach, correct. But the fact that, like, he he's acting like the Chiefs were a McCall Hardman away from, from winning the Super Bowl, like, we got we to gotta check that ego, buddy. We, really, we, we got to check that ego. I don't think he was saying we're a Super Bowl away. I think he was saying, for the love of all things, holy, get me off this team. It's like, save me. Yeah, yeah I guess that's I true. don't think he was saying, I'm going to win you a Super Bowl. He was saying save my life please i'm drowning here athletes really got to do a better job man like when you're on a podcast people are going to hear it and they're going to cut clips and they're going to we are going to think he i think he wanted this all to get out well he's already walked back the the come get me stuff yeah because he doesn't want to get i don't think he wanted that right that's he got himself in trouble for tampering you know how impressive that is yeah it's i guess the mccall hartman like this is him like 
selling as high as he can in a stock because like he caught the touchdown. He was in like the NBA All Star celebrity yeah, the, game. The, the Jets, never would have happened. Uh, the Jet Chain when he was on late night with whoever. You see yeah, that? Like, yeah. Well, isn't that like his nickname or something? The Jet. Yeah. Is it? I'm pretty sure that's why he had the chain on because I saw like Jets fans were like, "Oh, he's wearing the Jet." Chain. I don't. That that's that's what I saw. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he does call him that. You're right. He but, has a yeah, Warzone charity. I don't know what that like, means. I think like the video game. That can't be true. It's got to be like people in war. Um, <laughs> There's just no way. I can't believe that. No, oh, you know what it was? He had a, a Warzone video game event for charity. Ah, okay. Yeah, he was playing Warzone. Oh, he's playing duos. Oh, you know what? I want in. How do I get into this charity event, Luke? It already happened, but how do I do it? I will I like smoke it. him in Warzone. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the other Jets news is uh, the, the era might finally be over, the Zach Wilson era, because uh, Joe Douglas said today that he has given Zach Wilson the opportunity to explore a trade, which I've never really understood this concept. I, I, I guess it's like it's almost like a free agency type thing, but it is weird to be like, hey, you go find a trade. Like, I don't even have the time to worry about that. Like, you go see if anyone wants you. So I think the concept is to be able to basically allow them to tamper. I think it's just a rule. I think it just helps them get to a point where they're allowed to speak to other teams. I, I think that's where it is. Yeah, I, it is interesting. But yeah, I mean, if you're the Jets, it's kind of what well, you what do you expect? Like a, a sixth, maybe like a protected fit. I, I don't know, but it, they can't be expecting much. I think this is just like, OK, let's let's get him out of here. You know, maybe he can go into a different environment and do better, but it's clearly not going to work here. They don't want him backing up Rodgers, all that stuff. So it's definitely time. It's definitely time. Yeah, I I don't care. I saw tweets. The Jets ruined him just like they ruined Darnold, yada, yada. No, they didn't ruin him. He he ruined himself. Yeah, and the other, you know, thing that happened with Joe Douglas and the Jets, they caught Lakin Tomlinson. So I believe the Jets have, what, like two offensive linemen on the roster right now? It's ABT. It's Joe Tipman. Uh, who else? Let's that, see. That might be it because uh, yeah. that is a free agent. And I feel like they signed a lot of like fringe guys last year to. Um, yeah, it might, I be, might be it for them. You know, I don't know the ins and outs of the offensive line, but I know this people are saying this is a pretty strong cross. So I assume the Jets are going to try to fill some holes, but I mean, it's it's been said time and time again, but the fact that Joe Douglas hasn't been able to assemble an offensive line as an offensive is is really strange. It, it's really bizarre that it still hasn't happened, but you have to be willing to spend the the money and possibly the draft capital this year because you have Aaron Rodgers coming through. Yeah, they're going to need to invest their first-round pick on an offensive lineman. They'll need to probably invest a day-one free agent on it, and then I would even look to trade uh, – Luke, I would even look to trade next year's first for one. They might need three guys. Yeah, I, I agree. I was trying to pick up the uh, 2024 offensive line. I don't think anyone else uh, is there that's of, of significance, right? Uh, looks like Tyron Smith, Trent Brown. Oh, you're talking about free – I thought you meant like the Jets 
free agents, like the guys that would still be on no, the Jets. No, okay, no. yeah. Oh gosh, they have Makai Becton as the number four available. We might be in yeah, trouble. Yeah, this is not what you want. <laughs> I would love the the kid from Notre Dame, Joe Alt. Yeah, Joe Alt's a stud. Uh, he's he's kind of feels like a non bust potential. Right. Like he's, he's been so good. Like there, obviously there's injuries, but he, he has never gotten hurt. He's a workhorse. I, I like that idea. I think, um, Fashu a lot. What's his name? The kid from Penn state. He's a little bit uh, more, uh, raw, right? He's a little bit more raw, but his like power and movement and stuff like people are, are definitely uh, big fans of. So I can't pretend to be an offensive line guy, but, uh, one of my, my friends, Andrew Diaz, former D three offensive Center. lineman, he loves breaking down the, yeah, he loves breaking down the the D line tape. So well, I like O-line. to uh, or the O line tape. So I like to that you know I get I get my takes from him when it comes to the offensive yes. line. Friend of the show, but yeah, of course, catch him on friend Saturdays of the show. Or, uh, is it Saturday yet? Yeah, Saturdays are for the boys. Catch him. Is it Saturday yet? But yeah, yeah, that that's what's for the Jets. And I guess the last point is their their grades were bad again. You know, the NFL does a report card, the players vote. And the Jets grade low. Yeah, Luke, again. I've got something that might move, you know, move the needle that might change your thoughts on that, uh, that whole Ooh, uh, draft okay. thing. That's a, that's what we call tease in the that's business. Right. Let, let's let's stick with football quickly. And the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, uh, has not been franchise tagged yet, but it's not off the table uh, according to Joe Shane. But he said, in a perfect world, we don't want to do that again. That would be a twelve point one million dollar deal. The cap is inflating this season, $10 million more than anticipated. But uh, it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of running back free agents. You know, Derrick Henry, Saquon, um, why am I blanking? Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard are the five. So, you know, there's a lot of guys available. And I don't know if that hurts or helps Saquon, but there's going to be a lot of teams that are assessing what to value a free free agent running back at right and i I think it helps the i don't think the giants would go after uh you know a veteran guy of that ilk if they're not bringing saquon back so in in a way i don't think it actually matters too much i I don't know i just it doesn't seem like he's gonna come back he might want to unless the idea is hey he can only find 10 million out there in free agency like per year maybe he just comes back and settles with the giants like would he rather go out there for and, and get an extra half million a year for some random team or would you rather take a smaller a smaller pay cut maybe he's making 10 million and stay with the giants i don't know but i don't think it's going to be a franchise tag situation luke i think that you'd rather get the uh the comp pick with with barkley but I, I don't know i don't know how you if you draft a quarterback i don't know how you lose saquon barkley what like, do you mean? Like you, like they if, need if I'm the Giants and I draft a quarterback, I want Saquon Barkley on my team. I need a, a leader in the locker room because eventually Daniel Jones gets phased out. Now you're missing a leader. I need a guy that can be his right-hand man and help him out. He's a much better blocker than he was when he started his career in the NFL. If I'm bringing in a quarterback on a rookie contract, I'm okay spending a little extra on a, on a running back when you consider they're probably not bringing in an elite receiver at that money. They might draft But why would that – but why would that same logic not apply to Daniel Jones? Because he's a guy that seems like he's never had help. He's always injured, could probably use a good run game, could use a safety valve, considering their offensive line still has a lot of work to do. Like, I feel like if you feel that way about a rookie quarterback, then you should feel the same way about you Daniel just can't Jones. can't afford it, maybe? 
Is it as simple as that? If you're paying him another $40 million in two years, you can't afford to pay to pay Barkley. I mean, if I'm the Giants and I'm thinking about keeping Daniel Jones, I am taking a receiver uh, with my mm-hmm. pick. And at that point, it's like, if you get one of these top-level receivers... You know, do you need Saquon Barkley? Right, and I don't think you do at that point. And I'm in the camp of, you know, if you can get Saquon for whatever, 10 mil a year, and you think that's okay, and it's not going to be fully guaranteed, fine, I'm okay with it. But, like, I, I don't think he's going to be necessary to the team next year. I mean, he's been pretty good when he plays, but, like... Has it really changed the outlook of the Giants' seasons recently? Not really. I mean, his best year was his rookie year, and they were terrible that year. Right, but they had, you know, he... Yeah, you're right. There's nothing to say to that. And I I do agree, though. Like, if you're getting rid of Saquon, you're not bringing in Derrick Henry or Josh no. Jacobs or... Austin in, unless you're getting Derrick Henry on a, on a small deal, but I just don't see that happening. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, I'm, I was looking at the numbers earlier. Jacobs and Barkley are very similar, but, right. you know, Saquon catches passes, Jacobs doesn't. That's a big difference. And Jacobs has been a little bit more healthy. So, yeah, it's it doesn't feel like it's a need for them to resign Saquon. I think it almost comes down to him. And if he's willing to maybe I don't even know if, how much money he'd be sacrificing. because I don't know how much he's worth on the open market. But if he's willing to kind of bite the bullet and eat a little bit of pride and sign with the Giants because he just likes being here. Yeah. But do you think and I wonder, you don't really know what it is with Barkley. If he goes to free agency, do you think he's done with the Giants? Because there's a lot of conversation of, hey, he'll go out there, he'll find the number, bring it back to the Giants, and if they want to match, they'll match. And and I feel like that – I hope it's the route they go because I don't think the Giants would overspend at that point. I don't think there's a huge market for him. But I would kind of hate to see him just out of spite not not go back to the Giants if they're willing to match an, an offer. I mean, I assume if they're willing to match, he'd probably prefer to be with the Giants if he likes being there as much as he says, which it seems like he does. And, I mean, I guess another thing would be, say he gets offered by a team like, you know, it's not going to they already have a million of them, but like, say the Dolphins offer him. Is he like, ah, you know, no taxes, you know, that plays an impact. I, it just depends on what he wants, mm-hmm. you know. And The I Cowboys could do the same thing. The Cowboys yeah, don't pay $13 and, million. We like you over Pollard. We already paid Pollard. Uh, you know, the franchise tag last year. Do we want to give him the the cost of the franchise tag over a couple more years? Right. That's a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. It's a team that could use him a lot better with the offensive line that they do have. You're playing with a real quarterback. I, that could be a fun move for him. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I, I think if you're the Giants or a Giants fan, you can't can't really spite him for that because no. he's, you know, the this running back life in the league is not long. I mean, he's off his rookie deal and we're already like, Oh, we shouldn't, they shouldn't sign him. You know, what's his value? Like if he was a quarterback coming off these numbers, he'd be making Daniel Jones money. So like, it's, yeah. you know, if he has the opportunity to go get fully guaranteed non-taxed money, it's going to be hard to be like, Oh man, what a bad guy. For sure. For sure. Um, quickly before we move to move the needle, the New York Knicks, Matt, you, you picked a good time, I think, to move on from the Nets, to the Knicks. I know, you know, things haven't been great for the Knicks lately, but like. It feels it feels a little more hopeful than the Nets, but the problem is they are injured once again. Jalen Brunson was out last night, and it, it seems like just a minor injury. Maybe if they weren't playing back-to-back, uh, he would have been able to play, but it certainly doesn't help that he was forced to play almost the entire game against the Pistons the night before. Right, and, and that made me wonder, Luke, should the Knicks not play their guys until Randall and OG and whoever else get healthy 40 minutes a night? Right, that's the thing that Tibbs has been doing for his entire career, playing a lot of minutes, wearing down his guys. But when you're missing three starters already, do you want to take the route of 
the Heat last year, for example, and other teams where you put your, you know, you kind of take your foot off the gas a little bit, at least in the next two, three weeks, and then gear up the last 10, 15 games of the season. And if you end up being in the playing game, well, hey, we're better than these teams. You know, as long as you're the seven or eight, if you're the nine or 10, that's a problem. But if they sit there in the seven or eight spot and, and they can't win one of those two games, that's a problem. But if they fall to that point and they're fully healthy going into playoffs and Brunson's as effective as he was on night one of the season, I, I think that's a, a route you might have to take. And, and it's a shame because I don't think Thibodeau will ever do that. It's interesting because I think, one, would you be okay with them being a seven or eight? Like, I mean, if you're in that case, you only need to win one game. If you win your first game, you're good. But if you lose, you know, you're in a little bit of dicey territory. So would you, I guess that's the question. Would you be okay with that? I think you have to based on the injuries, right? Like look at the injuries that they, they had. They, they, what are they supposed to do when you have four of your starters sitting, right? Like Alec Burke started at point guard from the last night. Guy stinks. I think the key would have to be Tibbs changing his philosophy, mm-hmm. which isn't going to happen. Like, I don't think he needs to go into a game being like, okay, we're only, we're going to limit Brunson. Right? We're going to, we're going to play limited minutes. Like, yeah, that'd be smart. But like, you know, if you're in a game late and you feel like you need to win it, you play him. But you know, I'm watching the game against the Celtics. They're down by 20 with two minutes left and his starters are still on. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, why, why are they still in the game at this point? Like, I think he has to be able to give these guys rest when he can, you know, when you're getting blown out and things like that. But it seems like he's not going to do that. So it, it feels almost useless to talk about. Yeah, it is. And I, it's a tough season for them if they can't get things healthy because say we went about last year and they kind of disappointed against the heat and a few years ago against the Hawks, this team wouldn't disappoint the plus if they were fully healthy and not having that opportunity would be just really, it'd be sad. Like that would stink because you don't know how many more cracks you're going to get at this. Is OG going to be as effective next year coming off an injury after he's a, presumably he stays on the team because he's got to get paid still. Right? Like, what is. Yeah, he's got a player option next year. Right. He might get paid next year. You know, what does the rest of this team look like? It's it's unfortunate. And I think the long term worries me over the short term of just game to game. Because I think they can manage to win a playing game or a first round. You look at who's sitting in the. the, the where am I right now? The, what. Oh, my brain is broken. You, you know, you look at who's in the, the second three. And four seeds, like they could beat those teams. They can give them a run for their money, whether it's the Cavs, whether it's the Bucks, whether it's the, you know, the Heat, whoever it is. Like they can beat those teams, but it's just a matter of that health thing, Luke. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to drop to the, it'd be impossible for them to drop to nine or 10. I mean, those teams are yeah. so bad, but that mix from, you know, the three seed to the, to the eight seed right now is really interesting because they're, you know, four seed right now, they're three back in Milwaukee. They're game and a half up on the Heat and Sixers. They're two games up on the Magic and Pacers. So it's going to be a grind down the stretch. And, you know, you've got the Warriors coming up, which probably would have been feeling a lot better if you were healthy. But now it's it's really dicey. The Warriors need to win games to stay in the, the race. And let's be honest, like they benefited earlier this week with that Pistons game where, you know, DiVincenzo doesn't get called for the foul after the turnover. The Knicks go ahead late with the Josh Hart layup. But... I'll just say this, man. I think now Knicks fans have to drop the Rockets yeah. game, and the NBA announced today that um, they're not going to be they're not going to be re- replaying anything. They denied the appeal, so I, 
it, even it, it's all even now, right? Like yeah. square is square. You you had one game stolen from you potentially, and I think this was actually more egregious because you were losing. So it would have been two shots for the Pistons already up by one. You know, the Rockets game would have been tied going into overtime. Right. So How, did you see the reverse now, angle on that play against the the uh, Pistons? The they didn't show the other side of the angle. They only kept showing it from like the where it was like the near side, and I couldn't see him launch into the guy. Oh, I, I don't. I mean, it looked to me like. I mean, I guess the the thing that Divincenzo was saying, and you know, it was kind of a fifty fifty play, but because the Pistons had the ball before, I think that's why he got called for the foul, and it wasn't just like an incidental contact thing. Well, he wasn't called for the foul. I heard why. Why he should have been called for the foul, I should say. Right. Okay. Monty Williams. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was a foul. It certainly was a foul. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what what you meant by that. Like the the, the reverse angle being like the angle from the other side of the court. Okay. But if I had seen it, what would that, what does that mean? You would have been able to see what happened. I couldn't tell what happened. You couldn't tell what happened? I mean, I assume he launched himself into the guy, but if he got the ball first, maybe it wasn't a foul. No, he didn't get the ball first. Soccer style. If you touch ball, you're good. And move the needle style. If you touch ball, you're good. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's move on to move the needle now. All right. Um, you got it. You got to pick it up here. Luke, you, you teased it in the tweet. We got to talk about Love is Blind. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of forgot, you know, six seasons ago, we, we would chop it up weekly about the show. Yeah, it was that and the last dance. That's all yes. we had to talk about. Yes. Uh, th- this season is might be the best season there there's ever been of Love is Blind. Okay. No, you, you don't have an answer to that? Okay. I mean, from from a drama standpoint, I would agree, yes. Yeah. From, from a, a, a love standpoint, season one, I think, takes the cake. Oh, this yeah. season, I think they've given them their phones back sooner than normal because you've got them texting each other. You've got them see- looking each other up on Instagram right away. You, it's it's absolute it's bedlam, it's it's incredible. The the content, the drama, the lines is, it's fantastic, Luke. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderfully edited show too. Like the way they piece everything together, and I mean, there, there's one couple right now that looks like they're gonna get married, and that might be it. Yeah. And leaving the pods, I would have said, oh yeah, there's probably three in here that will. But things have really gone downhill. And there there's a lot of bad characters. Let me tell you on this on this season. I think that's what's kind of gone wrong since season one is that people saw how popular the show was and they just wanted to go on the show just to be on the show and it's it's created a lot of chaos it has and, and then you think oh like this guy seems pretty nice seems like a pretty good dude and then all of a sudden like he has a secret family that just like knew about him going on the show like it's 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 incredible is that confirmed i think there's a couple guys that were in relation well, i know the show yeah, I mean, I know Trevor was, and he was kind of the, the sweetheart that was like, oh, he, she should have picked him. But there were some messages leaked that potentially he was he had a girlfriend, and they agreed he'd go on the show to get famous, which he's had the most Instagram followers gained since the show. Yeah, because he's a giant meathead. Yeah, but like he was like, oh, like he's a meathead, but then you get to know him. And like, oh, he's a nice guy, but it turns out maybe he's not a nice guy. But, I mean, the, it's interesting, Matt. I, I'm going to say this. now. I do not condone cheating in any way. Yes. But it is interesting how Jeremy, he shouldn't have cheated. Don't get me wrong. Allegedly. But like, allegedly. But like, say this is life, right? And you just meet a girl and then you meet another girl you might like better. Like, 
it's just the problem is they got engaged. You know, if they weren't engaged, it's like, oh, you know, he likes the other girl better, but now we're in a, a bit of a predicament. Right. So, so I, I agree with you there. First off, like, don't make, don't do it while you're engaged. Second, don't say you didn't do it. And then don't be like, oh yeah, you have my location. And then expect her not to know where you are. It's a pro. It's a real problem. Like, y- yeah. listen, you could have just cheated at the bar and called it a day, but you didn't. And that's the dumbest thing he could have done. At least hide it better. Also, like, wild to be like, oh, I was in the parking lot till 5 a.m. Like, who is sitting in a parking lot talking for, like, f- three hours? It's, it's not happening. No, no. It's not happening. That was such a great ending to the, to the most recent episode because I, I, I kind of knew it was coming because I had seen a tweet, but I didn't realize how blatant it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, at first I was like, oh, what's going on here? But then I was like, oh, no, like, she... He was like, oh, I shared my location. Yeah. Luke, but... I've got a, a take on, on him, on the reason why he cheated. Okay. Hear me out now. Every single thing he enjoyed in life before meeting Laura, she has stripped away from him. Hawaiian shirts, sunglasses indoors. What else? What else is he a fan of? I don't know. Like, he, he was just like a happy-go-lucky guy, and he's lost everything. He's, he's lost his, his self-determination. And I do not I, condone cheating. Like you said, Luke, I agree with you. Don't cheat. But I do think this was him cheating just so he could have some power over his own life. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. But also, you know, Laura is over here at the bar with Jessica being like, oh, go get Jimmy back. And it's like, well, yeah, she's Jimmy's fake engaged. Too. Yeah, she's a front. That, that's what makes me mad because I do not like Laura. I think she's a bad person. You know, bringing up the stuff in front of her family, like the weird. Instagram message. Very, very strange. The way she's handled a lot of things, like, grow up. Like, she's saying grow up, and then she does the whole weird bean dip thing. It's like, who <laughs> needs to grow up here? Like, he's just wearing a Hawaiian shirt. You're doing this weird thing yeah. over here. So, like, I didn't like her, but that doesn't mean she deserves to get no, cheated no, no, on. But I don't not. like her. But, but also, like, you're right, girl. Like, she just – you he just can't wear his Hawaiian shirts. Like, that, that grosses you out that much. Like, that's know, what we're doing here. Very strange. I, I've seen – the amount of grown white men that wear Hawaiian shirts is astronomical. Like, she's acting like she's never seen a dude wear a Hawaiian also, shirt. Also, there are some tasteful Hawaiian shirts. Oh, yeah. I've seen you wear a couple. Yeah, I've got the blue one with the, with the pink trees. Right. Yeah. I, and there's, I mean, Kenneth, bad guy. He said the biggest 180 I've ever seen on television. Like, I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. See, I think I, I, think I, I pushed back on that with you. Really? Because I saw it, and maybe I saw it wrong, was he got back home. And now he's got to go do his work stuff. And he's, and he's dot, you know, at least early on, he was dialed in on emails for work. And then, you know, yeah, he's kind of a bad guy. It didn't feel like emails for work. No. Okay. I, he literally, they broke up and he gets on the phone. He's like, yeah, bro, I'll be there in like 10 minutes. Like that. That's well, crazy. if I break up with my like, girl, I'm, I'm calling you right away. But he clearly is making plans already. Like yeah, to go cry. With I'm his sorry. Boys. I'm sorry, you're, you know, you're a principal, I get it, we, we've heard a thousand and five hundred times about it, but, like, you're gonna be out there talking, like, oh, you know, I have to be on my phone all the time, like, you're having a heart-to-heart, like, you're about to, like, end an engagement, and you're on your phone, like, really you gotta funny. be better. And, like, she, I felt so bad for her, and the whole situation, yeah. I just, it's tough, I, I hope she finds someone, because she was a lovely lady. Yes, um, the, the Chelsea and Jimmy fight they had that same night was hilarious. Was that the um, the clingy one? 
clingy. Yeah, the so clingy so one. he called her clingy. She is clingy, and she lost her mind and like was like, "I'm done. This is BS. Whatever." Which like, yeah, clingy. First off, he needs to figure out how to use words and when to use them because he tells people way too much, way too much. Yeah, he told one of the girls that he was still kind of in, into Jessica, which I'm like, "What are you? What are you doing?" What are you doing? Yeah, he's and then don't say clingy. And also, say like you're you're busy and you're trying to do your work, but like we gotta separate the the two things here. Like don't clingy is a tough line to use. Also, maybe remember there's like cameras on you all the time. You're mic'd up, and like on top of that, like he had the whole thing where he was like bugging out over AD in front of her, and everyone was doing the you know trolling Chelsea for the Megan Foxing. And Chelsea, mm-hmm. let's let's be honest, Chelsea has some issues. She needs to sort out some things. Yeah. She's got some some self-esteem issues for sure. She's needs a lot of reassurance, um, which, you know, he probably could be better at that. But like at the same time, she, she is a little, needs she needs a lot. She needs a lot for sure. But the, both of them seem like they've got their, their issues going on. Every single, every single fight I've seen this season has been so fake. Like these can't be real. These people can't be real. Like, are they the dumbest? Do they just find the people with the lowest IQ on the planet for this show? Because you've got yes. Clay constantly oh mentioning how he's afraid he's going to cheat on her. Yeah, how, how is that a fear in your in your head? And, and I can understand why. Like his dad cheated on his mom. Like he hasn't really seen a successful relationship. Whatever. Don't keep saying it. Just shut your mouth. Am, am I wrong here? Am I just one that'd be like, yeah, no. I wouldn't say these things? Clay is Clay is an idiot. I mean, he's talking like, oh yeah. We're gonna make it as long as I don't cheat. Just don't cheat. It's not that hard. I promise you. If you don't, if you do not want to cheat on someone, you will not cheat on them. And second of all, what is up with this? Like, oh, I had to gas up the boat at like 5 a.m. So he's gone for like all night. Like, what what's going on there? I don't understand that whole situation. And then I also don't understand. You know, he's she's talking. They're talking about having kids, and he's like, oh, I'll have you back in the gym. It's like, do you, do you understand what happens when when a woman is pregnant and then gives birth? Like, that was awesome. I she is going to. Yeah, it's just, he's an idiot. And he also had has no idea how a wedding works. He's like, oh, I, I wear a ring? Uh, oh, like, oh, your dad was supposed to walk you down the aisle? Like, this dude's a moron. No, he, he has no – he's never been to a wedding. It's hilarious, actually. Um, are we good? No, it's so like he, Love is Blind moves the needle? Oh, it, it does. I could talk about this for a full episode. All right. There you go. Um, we basically have. See, I was going to – I don't want to ask you this because you're, you're happily married. I was going to ask who you would pick out of the girls that are left in the show. I don't That's think fine. I would pick any of them. Oh. <laughs> I think I'm good. Really? I, I so I think Amy. I think Amy's a lovely. Yeah, lady. yeah. That's fair. You know, maybe I would. Maybe I would. I kind of forgot, like, because there's no normal couple except for jo- uh, Johnny's horrifying, yeah, that, crippling it. fear of condoms. Uh, <laughs> not in the way you would think. Yeah, not gonna touch that one, but yeah, it's uh, that's definitely. I think she's probably the most yeah. normal, and then also Ken, I. I Forget her name, Brittany. but Kenneth's girl seemed like she was pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. They all just... uh, AD's fine too. I don't think AD's a problem either. I think it's mostly the guys. Yeah, the guys are morons, and then I mean Chelsea and Laura. I'm good. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let, let's move on though. How much did uh Erling Holland's FA Cup performance yesterday move the needle for you? Five goals in a six-two win over Luton Town. Uh, zero percent. Didn't know it happened until d- just this. That's moment. not true. You texted us in the group chat about it. No, I didn't. You did. I said, I said, Man City drew Newcastle. No, no, I didn't no, know no, that no, Holland no, no, scored no, no. five goals. What are you talking about? 
No, 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 what? no. Give me a second here. Uh, they they no, do draw I'll Newcastle, though. You are right about that. No, this was early this morning. No, it wasn't. All right. Um, speaking of sports, uh, we talked about the NFL Player Association rankings, Luke, to, to pay off that tease. Does it move the needle that the Funny Chiefs— Funny how you dropped this Holland thing very quickly. Because I'm, I'm trying to give you another talk, talking point so that we can talk about the Holland thing. Um, okay, because I never said anything about him. I think you did. Okay. okay. Um, Chiefs rank fifth in the NFL Player Association rankings. Does that do anything for you? Fifth? I thought it was 31st. 31st. What did I say? You said fifth. Whatever. Just, just does it? Um, does that does that move the needle for you? Can you can you vamp a little bit? Can you do something for me, please, so I can look back? I, I see what you're saying, and like, oh, like the Jets were bad, but so are the Chiefs. I see what you're trying to do here. Yeah, does that move the needle? Yeah, I mean, but does it surprise you that the Chiefs have low? I guess the training staff stuff is tough, but like, it, clearly they just don't have good facilities, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, they're in Kansas City, Missouri, but they're making a ton of money off Mahomes and Kelsey. I'm sure. I'm sure they can pony up and get some some better stuff for them. So I guess that part surprises me. But I'm not surprised that they're like kind of a poverty franchise that was just you know lucked into having Patrick Mahomes. Where did I? I swear someone messaged me about. Five goals for Holland. Sure, but it was not me. Was that not in the... I don't text that many people, though. Okay, but it wasn't me. This is insane. This this had to be somebody. Maybe maybe we move on. I, I'm not going to... Oh, you know what? It was Pat. Pat Tech. You were in the okay. group chat, though. Did I say a word? No, no, you didn't, but you should have acknowledged it. It was 426. You were probably home by then, so you should have seen it. I'm good. Uh, let, let's go to hockey, though. Uh, Actually, no. Let's stick with the Chiefs first. Chiefs to Holland, a.k.a. Xavier... Babadar has pled guilty to charges relating to a string of bank robberies. He has stolen over 800 grand across 11 bank robberies in seven different states. Does that move the needle for you, Luke? Um, what moves the needle is the next bullet point, which I'm trying to figure out where it's going. Yes. You would not be able to. So part of the money and the way he, he laundered the money was through casinos and gambling. You wouldn't be able to do that because you would lose all your bets. Crazy. I mean, you're talking about a guy that gave you Fordham, the Rams. You also lead, gave me another yesterday. loss that I had last night. So, okay. Well, Mississippi State should have won that game. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, but does that move the needle? Chiefs Holic finally arrested. Fifty I mean, year max sentence. Not anymore. I think I'm over it now. But when he was like on the run, yeah, certainly. But now it's kind of it's kind of tough. But his lawyer is electric. Anytime I see a clip of him, it's like, oh man, this guy's screwed. Yeah. Uh, we'll run through a quick three hockey stories, Luke. Matt Rempe, the Rangers' uh, young prospect, six foot eight in the NHL, has played five games, bringing back some old school hockey. Five games played, 32 penalty minutes, four fights in just 20 minutes of ice time. Does this goon move the needle for you? I'm good on Matt Rempe. Wow. I- I'm good on him. It's like, all right, dude, we get it. You're getting fights. Like, show me something else. You're a foot taller than every single person that you fight against. Like, I, like you, we've established it. You fight. Can can we move on now? Like, why are you fighting against the Blue Jackets? Like, can we just – can he just have a game where he doesn't get in a fight? Because it's 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 more charming if he does it, like, once a week or, you know, his goalie gets hit or something like that. But, like, I feel like every game is very excessive. I'm with you, Luke. I'm good. We're freaking out over a guy that just gets into fights, like – it's happened forever in the NHL. This isn't that special. Um, Nathan McKinnon, Luke, extends his home point streak to 29 games, all of them, this season. He has scored at least one point 
the longest point streak since Mariel or home point streak since Mariel Mew's 31 game streak in 95-96. Does not move the needle. Not at all, really. No, I'm like, it's cool, but like, I just, I, I don't think getting a point in hockey is that impressive. Strong. I, I think if you get a goal, sure, but like, you can be like the fifth person to pass it and you get an assist. It's only second. You can be like, you know, you could be like the eighth person off the, like, you could pass the puck, go on the bench, and then 30 seconds later, score. It's like, oh, you got a point. Not, now, not to good. give you some some credit to your point, I think Rick DiPietro, a goaltender for the Islanders, had like 20 assists in his career. Exactly. It's, so, it's Fugazi. How many goals off. in that stretch is what I'd be curious for, which uh, you do not need to look up right now. You've wasted enough time scrolling aimlessly during the segment. So strong. <laughs> Last note, Nugget Luke, the PWHL, the Professional Women's Hockey League, had, uh, announced some rule updates for this season. Why they're doing it in the middle of the season, I don't know, but they did. <laughs> uh, so four teams make the playoffs, Luke. That was known since the start of the season. What wasn't known is that the team that finishes first in the league will get to pick between the third or fourth seed who they will play in the first round. And the second one is they're, they're developing and, and starting the goal rule, which is basically the whoever wins the draft lottery, whoever gets the top pick or the top odd, no, whoever gets the top pick will have accumulated the most points in the league since being eliminated from playoff contention. So the, the thought process wow. is, is that the worst team is eliminated first. So they've got the most time to accrue those points. But the best team that misses the playoffs is going to win more games. They just don't have that as long a window. Interesting. Yes. Something that I, uh, I people... I, like that. I love the picking your opponent. I think that's fun. But the this gold rule is very interesting. I feel like... It has some legs. I feel like maybe it needs to be fleshed out a little bit more, but I, th- I think I like the idea. It is fun. It's a little too much for hockey in a way, or for the NHL maybe, because there's like too many. Like, could you imagine? I don't know. It just feels like it would never work for like the last, you know, the Rangers. They they won the draft lottery and they had barely, they like missed the plus like four points. Like they wouldn't have had time to right. accrue any points, which I guess is the point of and it. And I think on top of that is like, do the players care enough? About the number one pick. No, but like, it, I think they're always tanking. trying. Oh yeah. Oh, true. Because the organization organizations would probably have to play pay bleh, play all their best players all the time mm-hmm. and go all out. True. Because org- it's organizational. The players are going to play no yeah. matter what. Yeah. Does oh, that move the needle? It does. It does. All right. Back to you. That's the show. Bring back the Buffalo Buttes, by the way. R.I.P. Buffalo Buttes. We need them back. Yeah. I don't know what happened to them, but they're gone now. Um, but that's the show. Wallingham Elves will be back next week. He's Matt Wallingham. I'm Luke Owens. We'll see you guys next week. Hey.